Hello, and welcome to Harp Column Podcast, taking you behind the stories in Harp Column from a practical harpist's perspective. My name is Christina Finch, and I will be your guide to all things harp. Music for today's episode comes from the CD Anna Seagal, featuring harpist Rachel Talletman. Episode number 49 features harpist, audiologist in training, and author of the article Listen Up in the March-April 2019 issue of Harp Column, Louisa Woodson. We've got a lot to cover in this episode, so let's go ahead and dive in with an introduction from Louisa. My name is Louisa Woodson, and I live in Louisville, Kentucky, with my three kids and husband, and I am currently in year three out of four of earning my Doctor of Audiology at the University of Louisville School of Medicine. This is sort of a new career for me, but I'm still a harpist first and foremost. So I freelance, play a lot of weddings, church gigs, concerts in the area, and that takes up pretty much all of my time. (laughs) I was like reading up on you and everything, and I I read that you like have three babies and you're working on your doctorate and you freelance. I was like, oh my God, how does she have time to do this? It's a little crazy sometimes. (laughs) I imagine. How old are your kids? Um, I, my son is eight and then I have three and a half year old twin girls. So. To all of you heart mamas and daddies out there, my hat goes off to you. I don't know how you do what you do. So, audiology. I'll be honest and say that before this year, I'd never heard of the profession, and I'll bet a fair few of you are also lucky enough to be in this boat with me. I asked Louisa to give us a basic idea of what audiology is, and how someone with a DMA in harp performance found herself walking down this new career path. Audiology is the study of hearing and the treatment of any kind of hearing disorder, balance disorder, anything that has to do with the ear or the auditory system, which is pretty complicated actually. It's a clinical doctorate, so my degree will be an AUD. It's not an MD, even though we are part of the medical school. But basically what people usually think of is hearing tests and hearing aids. And that is of course a big part of it, but it also encompasses balance systems, diseases that can affect the inner ear of both hearing and balance. You work with a lot of schools, school systems for kids who need extra help in the classroom. It's hearing protection. You may be in a hospital setting with an ear, nose, and throat doctor, a private practice. It's a lot more broad than even I realized before I got into it. I sort of fell into it. I mean, I had always been 100% gung-ho music all along. And even in college, I, for some reason, just sort of thought about audiology and speech pathology, maybe because that department was very close to the music school. But I, not seriously enough to really look into it. But then when I was teaching at Baylor, so several years after graduation, the dean there was very forward about encouraging both students and faculty to always wear earplugs, protect your hearing, do everything you can. And I think it's because he had recently been diagnosed with hearing loss and was going through getting his first set of hearing aids 
and nothing was the same for him. I mean, he had, of course, been a performing musician his whole life, too. And he just kept saying, you know, it's it's so different now. Nothing sounds the same. I wish I had known. They were renovating the concert hall at the time, and he felt like he couldn't really weigh in on how it sounded or the acoustics of the new space. And that just really sort of resonated with me. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, wow, that's that would be terrible. <laughs> Around that same time, I played... Maslenka Wind Symphony, which I think I mentioned in my article. And I'll be honest, I'm not much of a wind ensemble person, so I don't remember which one it was. But I think they're all pretty huge. Probably more than 100 people on stage. So loud. I mean, a really cool piece, but it was just so loud. And that was the first time that I really felt physical pain on stage from my ears. And I thought, oh boy, this can't be good. So that just sort of sparked an interest in me. And I kept it in the back of my mind. And fast forward about four or five years after that, my family had relocated back home to Louisville from Texas. I had three kids at that point. I was doing a lot of freelance and adjunct, but it just wasn't quite, and I wasn't busy enough. I, I wasn't, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't working quite enough. And I thought I need to do something else. So I started looking into it some more. The University of Louisville has a good audiology program because I didn't want to move again. And so I started investigating. What pushed me over the edge was that I found a blog by an audiologist up in Canada who runs the Musicians Clinic of, of Canada in Toronto. So it has audiology. It has lots of other things. I think they also have orthopedics, hand specialists. It's a clinic full service for musicians, which is really cool. But he has written a lot about sort of the gap between audiologists and musicians and how there's so much sort of misunderstanding. And audiologists think that musicians make terrible patients because you know they think they know better about how things should sound. And then on the flip side, musicians think audiologists don't understand them. And you, know, you can't just put foam earplugs in and go play a recital. That's not going to work. But there's really so many similarities between the fields. We care about the same things. We talk about the same things, sometimes with different terms, but there's a lot of commonality there. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I can sort of fill a little gap there having come from both backgrounds. Today's episode of Harp Column Podcast is brought to you by Harp Column Music at harpcolumnmusic.com, where you can find music for solo, chamber, and ensemble harp, all in PDF format. I was browsing through Harp Column Music the other day and stumbled across something that I found truly amazing. Some of you may know that I'm a member of the Contra Duo, a saxophone and harp ensemble with my husband, Danelle. As I was browsing the Harp Column Music homepage, I came across the newly added artist section, which gave me pause, because there was Andy Scott, whose headshot prominently features multiple saxophones. Lo and behold, new Contra Duo repertoire. You truly never know what you will find on Harp Column Music, so be sure to check back often to see all of the amazing content that's just a click away. How 
much do you think about your hearing health? As musicians, our craft is most significantly informed by our hearing, but so few of us place an appropriate amount of attention on protecting that sense until it's too late. There is way too much information in Louise's article to cover in one episode, and I highly recommend heading over to www.harpcolumn.com to read the full article. But what we did cover is what I think is the most important takeaway from the article, that with the right tools, protecting your hearing is a possible and practical step that we should all take. I loved your article for a variety of reasons, but mostly because it terrified me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's so important. It's so important. And I had, you know, I've never worn earplugs in orchestra rehearsal, which is really bad. Well, I will admit that I have not done so very often. Even when I knew better, I, I'm a little more careful about it now just because of everything I've learned in the past few years. It's really terrifying. But yeah, I just think it's a really important topic that most people don't stop to think about. And even if you do, it's one of those things where you kind of know better, but it's just not a priority. And so people don't take the time to either learn what they need to know about it or to get the proper kind of equipment that will help them do what they're supposed to. I had never even heard of custom earplugs until eight months ago. Mm -hmm which is crazy to me are, are custom earplugs something that are new on the market or just something that are just becoming more popular with professional musicians i don't think they're very new i think especially among classical musicians who aren't percussionists i think it's just sort of been off our radar i mean before i started this program the only people i knew with custom earplugs were percussionists i just think a lot of you know, mainly classical musicians, it's just really not something we think about. And I'll admit, I didn't have any until very recently, but I got custom ones and I know I won't wear them all the time, but I'm really excited to have them for, you know, the summer pops concert that I've done a couple years with this orchestra that likes to do the 1812 overture with cannons, like real ones. And the foam earplugs just don't do much. And, you know, if I'm cutting the grass or something, I mean, they're they're going to be useful because it's a noisy world. So there's other situations where you don't need them all the time, but I'm really happy I can have them just have them with me now because you never really know. Sporting events, you might not think about taking them, but I feel like all the ones I've been to lately, they have the, the amplification just turned up so loud on the PA systems and the music and everything. So audiology nerd, what can I say? <laughs> I was doing a little bit of research before we before we hopped on the line here and I found a, a custom earplug website where you know you go get your mold from your I don't know why the audiologist just wouldn't know of a brand to use. Why would you go on the internet to order these? But whatever. So they had four different levels available of decibel protection. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if you have an opinion as as someone who is an orchestral harpist how much protection do you think someone should use? So it's sort of a tough question. I mean, it depends on a lot of things, such as where you're playing, you know, are you inside, outside, the acoustics, where you sit on stage, 
what the repertoire is because how loud it really gets is going to change all the time. But when you want to order, I mean, you're just going to order these one time probably. And most of them, I think, just come with one filter. So when I ordered mine, the company that I got them from, the options were 15 and 25 decibels. And I debated because the last couple rehearsals I've been in, I just used the little sound level meter on my phone. It's not super scientific kind, but it close enough. And it would peak around 105, 106 decibels, which is loud, not for, a sh not for a very long time, but the average would stay more in the 90s. And so that's louder than you should listen to all day, but that's not going to cause immediate damage. So most of the time, I don't need a lot of reduction. But then there's those concerts, you know, with the cannons, like I mentioned, or you know, some really loud wind symphony or huge orchestra. So I ended up going with the 25 decibel filters. And my thought was, I'll use them for the really loud pieces. And there may be concerts that I don't need them at all. And then when it's not as extreme, then I don't have to wear them all the time. So I think 15 would have been okay. But I was I really kept going back to this concert I played with the 1812 overture with the real live artillery. I was like 15 wouldn't make that much of a difference in that concert. So I think anything custom you get is going to give you better protection than the little foam plugs, which are usually what's provided. And even those are better than nothing. But I think anything custom, even if you only get the 10, 15 filters, that's going to help a little bit. Have we scared you enough yet? I know I've certainly seen the light and will be visiting my audiologist before the next season starts. To close things, I thought why not end with a little PSA from Louisa to you. So you can go for years and not really notice a difference in your hearing, but yeah, it's a cumulative effect. So, you know, your ears may ring or you may feel a little stopped up after a loud event, and then the next morning you wake up and everything seems pretty much back to normal, but on the cellular level, there's been damage there that's not gonna come back and it just adds up over the course of, of your life. And I mean, it's not just musicians, you know, we're seeing a big rise in noise-induced hearing loss, which is what we call it, because, you know, everyone walks around with their earbuds in and, and music turned up and in their car, it's up really loud and you like that song on your, phone. So you turn the volume up all the way. So even among children, we're seeing hearing damage from noise. So it's, it's everybody. It's a noisy world. We have access to whatever we want to listen to directly into your ear and you can control the volume. So if you don't know better, of course, you're going to turn it up loud because it sounds better. But musicians are going to notice those deficits, I mean, it's going to be much more of a big deal to someone who depends on their ears to listen to music for both for their career and just as something that they love. So that's why I'm hoping to kind of bridge that gap, get the word out and help people protect that because prevention is the best option here. Because at this point, once the damage is done, it can't be undone.
That's it for the 49th episode of Harp Column Podcast. Many thanks to Louisa Woodson for opening our eyes, protecting our ears, and being an all-around inspiration for anyone who thinks they can't do it all. Music for today's episode comes from the CD Anna Seagal, featuring harpist Rachel Talletman, and reviewed in the March-April 2019 issue of Harp Column by Allison Young. To learn more about Harp Column, please visit www.harpcolumn.com and subscribe today to gain access to current and past issues, as well as a lot of great web content. My name is Dr. Christina Finch, and we at Harp Column hope that you have a spectacular week. Mm-hmm.